Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as Season 7 kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about The Front Page, starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid-Meg Ryan thriller DOA, and then slice into Butler's childhood years the 90s with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello, and welcome to the 50th episode of Two Player Bros. I'm your host, Mike, and today I'm kind of doing a, not kind of, I am doing a solo post game on a VR game. Now, VR games are not something that we normally do here at Two Player Bros yet, but I always mention it when I plug the show on my other podcasts. So today we're going to do it. Uh, my brother, Alex, who is a sometimes co-host of the show, souped up my computer actually he gave me his uh wife's old computer which is souped up from mine and uh, helped me kind of it's a little bit upgraded so it plays vr much better than my old computer did uh, and it's a much less noisy better computer so i've been playing a lot more vr i bought a ton of vr games i've been going knee deep into vr uh so i want to do a post game a short post game on a vr game i played recently I Expect You to Die, which is a VR game I've been looking forward to for a while, but I never bought because I didn't do as much VR on my old computer because it wasn't the best. So now I've got it. I played through it. It's awesome, and I really want to talk about it. So here I go. I Expect You to Die is a VR game that's actually available pretty much on all uh, VR devices. It's available on Oculus Rift, Vive, PlayStation VR, and Oculus Quest, which also means that if you have the Vive, you can play it on the Index. I believe they're pretty much interchangeable uh, in terms of the games that you play. So wherever you want it VR-wise, you can play it for the most part, unless you have one of those stupid phone VR things, which if you ever experienced real VR, you'd know that's nowhere near what real VR actually ends up sounding and, and being like. So I played on the HTC Vive. That's what I have, the original version. Uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the show before. I think I have. So that's what I've got. Again, this game came out back in, I believe, 2016 uh, for PlayStation 4 and for the PC. And the trailer looked really funny. It had a nice sense of uh, humor to it, almost like other Valve projects like Portal and stuff like that. It's real tongue in cheek but done up like you're in a 1960s, 70s, Sean Connery, James Bond movie. And that's awesome to me. I'm a huge, huge James Bond fan, as you know. So right from the rip, I was really, really excited to play this game and to experience it. And 
Steam at the winter sale. Bought a ton of these things, so I got it. Shell Games is the developer and the publisher, according to what I'm reading here, although I think the publisher might be different on the actual uh, Steam system. This game is composed of a series of levels. Uh, I believe it is four levels in the regular game, and then you get some bonus levels that I guess have come out as time has gone by, including one that came out quite recently uh, called The Death Engine, which was really, really fun. So I'll get into that. So the concept of the game is it's not a standing room game. You don't walk around. You're sitting in a seat the entire time. And the different levels, your seat is different things. Uh, your first level is a car. Your main menu is you're sitting in your chair in your office, an escape pod, a chair in an office, a, a lounge chair in a lodge, a train car. There's all these different types of scenarios. And you just have to kind of, it's an escape the room kind of game where you have to figure out how to solve the case while sitting your ass in a chair the entire time. It is fantastic. You have a Bosley type uh, Q or M type figure talking in your ear the whole time, cracking jokes in a very dry British humor while you try to solve the puzzles. And the puzzles are fantastic. The puzzles in this game are frustrating, but never to the point of, oh man, I hate this. Screw this game. Or, oh man, I need to look this up. They're frustrating to the point of you're not going to get everything right away you need to really think about it you need to do things over again you are going the game literally as it's called expects you to die it expects you to fail quite a few times as you go on and of course the quote i expect you to die is taken from goldfinger when james bond is tied to the table as the laser is coming up his body gonna split him you know down the midsection he asked goldfinger you expect me to talk and Goldfinger famously says, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. So you are actually expected to die a bunch of times in this game to figure things out. You're going to fail. You're going to press the wrong button. You're going to mix the wrong chemicals. You're going to uh, open the window into the uh, air cabin to find out that the air in the cabin is toxic. You're going to get shot by a stuffed bear. There's a lot of things that happen in this game that you don't expect or that you might expect and you just accidentally hit the wrong button and there's no way to kind of turn back. That's part of the fun. And the game opens fantastically. The game opens as if it was a James Bond musical number, you know, after the, the first big spectacle starts. At the first level is simple enough, has you in a car after doing a little bit of training in the office on, you know, how VR works and everything, the standard for VR games. You're in a car in an aircraft uh, hangar and you are trying to steal the car drive it out of the airplane while it's in midair it's the main villain's plane and the main villain is zor and zor is super rich and i guess he has this whole kind of specter type organization that works for him so his spot his car is a spy car just like you would assume you would have as a super spy and you have to start the car you have to find the key first you turn the ignition on and all of a sudden a the scanner comes to scan your eye. You look in the scanner. Oh, you're not Zor. So a laser comes. You got to move out of the way of the laser before it zaps you. Then they throw a bomb into the car as a second way to get rid of you. And you've got to find a sheet of paper real quick in the car. And it tells you how to cut the wires correctly. You find a pocket knife in the dashboard and you cut the wires. And then you have to figure out how to shoot out the door. Everything kind of escalates as you go through these escape rooms, uh, these, these missions. And 
they're clever, they're funny, they're fun. Uh, I there was there are a couple times where I did get a little frustrated that I couldn't figure it out or that I couldn't get it even if I knew how to do it. But for the most part, you die and come back so quick, it's not too bad. Unless the thing that you mess up is the very end of the mission, then it's a little frustrating. But all of these missions, if you know what to do, can be solved within a minute or two, as there are scores that you get at the end of the game. You know, you get achievements for doing certain things. Some things you unlock that you not necessarily need to to complete the mission, but, you know, freeing a scorpion, putting on a hat, smoking a cigar, setting fire to something by accident, or stopping something are all different Achievements you get throughout the game, along with completing missions in a ridiculously quick amount of time. But these missions are also so varied. So from the car mission, you get sent into a, you know, I don't want to spoil all of them, but there is a mission in a submarine escape pod. And what's clever about that one is the mission starts off with the Bosley type M type figure telling you, you know, you're going to blow up Zor's submarine. Just make sure when you do it and you escape, just go out the hatch and swim up. Don't take the escape pods. It's always a bad idea. And of course the mission opens up and you're in an escape pod on the bottom of the ocean and water's filling in your gas line's been cut and there's a bomb in the engine that you have to figure out how to stop. So there's a lot of missions like that where you're kind of put in these weird situations and these weird environments that you normally wouldn't see yourself in. Uh, and the big joke of the game is, you know, oh, one day you'll get that vacation. And of course, then the DLC comes after the game. The game is is pretty quick. The game's missions, I think there are only five regular missions in the game. So every other mission after that, which I believe there are three after that, that are free, total it up to nine, which I think is fine for a VR game, especially one that doesn't, you know, doesn't cost $60. Uh, and I think these last three really expand upon the gameplay and really put you in the sea in, into some really interesting situations. The first one is called first class, which, uh, takes place in the aforementioned train car, which of course is a little bit like murder on the Orient express, or also very much like from Russia with love, uh, the classic train car sequence. So you have to meeting with a defector spy and you have to send telegraphs back and forth, but forth, but also you get people trying to kill you through the door of your hotel airplanes, trying to shoot you through the window outside and some guy with a spear trying to stab you from up above that you have to stop and grab his spear and shoot him. And it's just a whole bunch of really fun, interesting, uh, tense spy scenarios. And and the final one uh, takes place so far death engine takes place in space and is one of the most fun and interesting experiences in VR that I've had due to gravity and all the different components and the fact that you have to read emails and, and the person talking to you is one of the villains as well. And you're being goaded the entire time. The entire game is just something you really have to experience. And this is something that this is a reason why I haven't really done too many VR games on the show yet. And other than maybe talking about them with Alex doing previews and such, because I can expand upon you how fun the gameplay is. But if you had a controller in your hand or you were a mouse and keyboard, that's a diamond dozen type of walking simulators or even mist type games. And that does this game a disservice. And it does a lot of VR games a disservice because it's more than that. You're not just pointing and clicking. You're really moving and unscrewing and working and move and lifting and sorting through, you know, you're in the experience and it's 
absolutely something different than point and click. And it's something that I know I've talked to other people, like the people I work with at my day job about how awesome VR is. And they can kind of be excited about the way you talk about it, or they can be super bored about the way you talk about it. You know, you can't watch a video of, of, of VR on the computer. You can't hear somebody talk about it. Look at screenshots. You know, there are screenshots of, I expect you to die. I assume that there will be some kind of album art cover uh, for this episode on the twoplayerbros.com website of the game. And it really does not do it justice. I mean, you can get the fun of the game in terms of the style, in terms of the dialogue, in terms of the music and the trailer, which is what excited me. But as someone who has played VR, I know how it plays. So it's really tough for me to, if you don't play VR and you're listening to this review, to to tell you how great this game is. But what I would tell you then is to tell you how great VR is, to ask you, obviously, this is in these pandemic times it's tough to just go put on a headset somewhere uh dave and i when we went to pax east we played sniper elite or i believe it yeah i believe it was sniper uh in a headset at pax east right before everything shut down when the pandemic was still kind of going on and that was probably one of the most dangerous things i've ever done is to, to share these headsets with these people i mean they were wiping everything down but I mean, I think Dave made a joke that episode about that. But after this is all over, after everyone's been, after you've got your vaccine and everything's safe and things and models and stuff are back together again, go, I I implore you to go find a Best Buy or a Target or a GameStop or a friend or a family member that has VR or even go to your local Dave and Buster's and they have that little VR station, pay the five bucks or whatever to experience VR if it's your first time, if it's not your first time, don't do the Dave and Buster's VR thing. Cause they literally just use a five, but experience it for yourself. It really is a game changer. The graphics might not be the best. Uh, I know Alex just got an index, so I'll probably go over and check out that soon. But they're not as good as the highest end, you know, ray tracing graphics. Cause this little box in your head is displaying two exact images and they have to be, I believe at 90 Hertz or something, they have to be at about 90 frames per second. They have to be at a frame rate that your body, your eyeballs think is real in order to work. You can't play an uh, VR game at 30 frames or even maybe 60 frames because things look weird when they're not running at human speed. So the graphics are a little downgraded, but the fact that you're in there, the fact that everything has a depth to it, the fact that you can look around an object like it is real in your hands is something that you can only experience once you do it, that you can't have it be told to you. That's where the reviews become tough to get back to where I was at before. (laughs) But I know that the entry level to get into VR is, is, is lowering now. I mean, the Oculus Quest is out and the Oculus Quest is, you can see one Oculus 2 all-in-one VR headset, 64 gigabytes, 299. And I mean, I think that's like the entry level of, of real VR. That is kind of where you get in. So for less than a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox One Series X, you can experience VR for far less than like the 3090 video cards that Alex is looking for. 
that are hard to get, he got that. And I would say that if anybody can afford any of that ex- extra stuff, to look into saving up for some VR. You know, I've played, I have not played Oculus Quest, so I can't speak to that, but I have played PlayStation VR on a PlayStation 4, which I expect you to die is available on as well. And it's pretty great. Uh, it's a little bit more comfortable. Obviously, it doesn't have the room view that the Vive does. You can't walk around a room with it. But it's really, really fun and unique. And the graphics are are decent on the PlayStation VR. And as time goes by, it's only going to get better. I think I'm, I don't own a PlayStation VR myself. I think I'm going to wait a year. And see if there's any extra news about a PlayStation VR 2 that's been rumored around. If I don't hear anything about that, then I'll get the PlayStation VR just to play it. Because I do want to play some of the uh, PlayStation VR exclusives. But a lot of these games are shared between, and if you have it on the PC, there's actually a lot of conversion tech where you can play certain games on certain systems. Obviously, the Vive can play anything, almost anything on Oculus because there's no room scale stuff. But this is definitely a game that I would show people just starting to play VR. This is something I would show. This is what you can do in VR. It knows its limitations. It's not trying to be, you know, the next Doom Eternal. It's not trying to be the next Skyrim or Zelda Breath of the Wild or or Cyberpunk or anything like that. It knows that VR is really cool, but it's a limited in terms of room space and technology right now. So it uses those limitations and makes something really fun. And I think that's the best way you use VR now is to understand your limitations and work with them to be like, all right, you're going to sit down because not everybody has room scale. Not everyone can afford, you know, they have the vibe with the two boxes and, or not everybody's computer is in a room where you can walk around like that. I mean, even I have to, in my apartment, I do have it in my living room set up like that, but I have to move my couch or my tables out of the way and then I can do it. It doesn't take long, but you know, it's a little bit of a pain, but seated or standing, I can do right away whenever I want. And I think this game knows that and works with that plot line and has created an entire storyline and kind of universe within that. And it's really, really fun, not overly complicated. Everything is just kind of manipulated by your hands or your, where you're looking. It's not should be like confuse you with movement or anything like that. I don't, unless VR itself gets you sick, it won't get you sick because you are just sitting the entire time. Nothing cannot be done within your, your seated area. The only thing that stopped me is I do it on my couch there. A couple of times I leaned over and the arms of my couch are a little tall. So my hands, instead of going straight forward, hit the arms of the couch and I had to kind of maneuver or use the tractor beam, which I thought was a great situation because if you're only slightly away from something, you can press in one of the buttons on the controller and use a kind of telekinetic lasso, it's called, and it allows you a tractor beam that allows you to grab or touch anything um, that's farther away. Uh, My favorite level in this game would probably be the death engine because of how unique it is, how outer spacey it is. It is a little bit more Moonraker or even I, I maybe Star Trek-y than all the other missions because you are in space in a space shuttle. But I thought the added bonuses of the villain speaking to you too through the radio, kind of mocking you, the setup of the computer system 
and learn how to learning how to use this little simplified computer system uh, and how the power system works because you only have one energy module to switch between, you know, gravity, life support, auxiliary power, and your pod doors. And then getting a joystick to maneuver a space arm and, you know, gravity coming, oxygen holes, and having to plug, you know, a piece of old food against the oxygen hole to stop uh, your oxygen from leaking out. It was all very unique and original and really fun. Uh, in terms of being super spy-like, I really enjoyed uh, Seat of Power, the look of the mission. You're in the bad guy's secret lair headquarters on that the big long table and the Dr. Evil seats that go into the fire. I really enjoyed that. And you actually do get attacked by a couple of Zor's main henchmen as well, including a, a beehive guy that I don't want to spoil for you, but he's really funny. Uh, in terms of the main game, like the original levels, I think the there's a mission where you're trying to disarm a virus, a super virus, and make an antidote. And it's probably one of, if not the hardest mission I played in the game. That took me a while only because the end part of it, I couldn't quite sink a shot. You had to really get an antidote in a, in a small hole, but mixing the chemicals together, learning and, and reading all these different diagrams of what certain letters correspond to what colors and stuff like that, that kind of puzzle element was really, really fun for me. And it has some nice jokes about window washing and stuff like that. So, cause you're, uh, you pretend to be a window washer on the skyscraper and you bust into the window and everything you do is on the little window washing, uh, I guess, pulley elevator. So that's pretty much my review. I, I think this game is really, really fun. I expect you to die. It's definitely a must for anyone playing VR who wants to find something that isn't this generic VR shooter, which I've yet to play one that really, really feels good in terms of being a shooter, uh, but also isn't a horror game or isn't a walking simulator that just kind of shows off. Oh yeah, it looks cool. Like I expect you to die. Looks cool now. I enjoy the style. It's not a graphics powerhouse, but in terms of how you use the game to solve everything and solve the issues and solve the puzzles, but still have fun and it not being super scary to freak you out or super frustrating with gunplay and, and action. If you want something that's more like a puzzle that's unique and something you don't usually get every day or even a game that you don't get every day, this is it. It is like an escape room uh, that you can do in your own house that changes. And I would hope that they would keep putting out different uh, free levels or maybe even I expect you to die too. I mean, it does state at the end of the credits when you beat the death engine mission that I expect you to die will return. So hopefully we'll see more. So I expect you to die is available on Oculus Vive, PlayStation VR, Oculus Quest, Oculus Rift. I should have said, I always forget there's two of them. I imagine any other bigger time VR stuff that comes out, it'll be on there. If you play it on Vive, like I said, you can play in the index. I really, really hope for anyone who's more of an Xbox user listening to this podcast, I would really hope that Xbox does get their uh, shit together <laughs> and does something with VR, understands that that is kind of the future of gaming. It is a peripheral that is not going away. You know, even Nintendo did their little VR thing with their little Labo experiment. I'm not sure. I have not gotten that Labo, so I don't know how good or bad that VR looks. But Microsoft, I know, put out a survey the other just the other day 
uh, to some Xbox users, I don't believe I got it, asking if they'd like to see something like DualSense features that were on the PlayStation 4 controller in the Xbox controllers. So maybe they are looking at all these different features that they're missing out on. So hopefully Xbox users will get an answer one way or the other if one day soon we'll be able to use VR on our Series Xs. I really hope that it would be my hope that everyone who uses any system, you know, in particular, either due to money constraints or just pure blind loyalty gets a chance to experience uh, VR at some point because it really is really, really cool and something that's really, really interesting. But it's not that much money. I believe it's $25 normally or $20 normally. I bought it on on sale. I bought way too many VR games on sale the other day for Steam's Christmas sale. So get it if you see it on sale. I would even say, knowing what I know now, it is definitely worth the full price of admission. Uh, the five, maybe not back when there were five levels, but with the full nine eight or nine that there are now, it is definitely worth the price of admission. And the fact that every mission has, you know, five or six achievements that you have to unlock by playing it more or figuring out and finding things you never found before. Play it, love it, live it. That's my review. That's my deep dive. It's a simple game. I'm one guy talking. That's it for me. Join us next week on Two Player Bros. I've been talking with Dave. He's back from work. He was sick for a little while. He's better now. We're going to meet next week, hopefully. It's a theory. And finally do our Game of the Year episode, and then from there on, continue to player bros as it should be. So until then, stay safe. I hope you're enjoying your 2021 so far. And keep on gaming. <laughs>